Hello, this is Aaron Bounds, pastor of the Anchor Church located in Zanesville, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life God called you to live. We're going to bring our text today because everything we do at the Anchor is a Bible study. Everything we do is based upon uh, biblical teaching. Uh, let God be true and every man a liar. I think uh, no matter what we're do- talking about, whether it's marriage, family, health, whatever it might be, finances, I believe every answer is in the book. Amen. Every answer is in the Word of God. Amen? Amen. And so uh, we're going to talk about health here today uh, from the book of Daniel chapter 1. If you want to grab your Bibles. And remember, every service, if you can, bring your Bible. As much as we have phones and technology, I'm an old soul, I guess. But I think there's something about having a good book in your hand, a good old Bible in your hand. And I'm not against it. You know, if your preference is iPads and, and, and phones and that nature, that's okay as well. Um, but in, in the book of Daniel, chapter 1, it's, it says that, uh, verse 5, it says, And the king, which was a Babylonian king, uh, the king appointed them a daily provision of the king's meat and of the wine which he drank, so nourishing them three years that at the end thereof they might stand before the king. You know, the king's going to take these Hebrew people and the people in his kingdom and he's going he's to fix them up real good and let them eat what he eats and drink what he drinks and, you know, the best of whatever to be before him as leaders. And uh, it says... Verse 6, now among these were the children of Judah, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. That's Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Uh, And unto whom the prince of the eunuchs gave names, for gave unto Daniel the name of Belteshazzar, unto Hananiah, Shadrach, unto Mishael, Meshach, unto Azariah, um, Abednego. But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's meat, nor with the wine which he drank. It appears there was some conviction. I think it was not just health or physical condition, as much as it would have been maybe the origin of the food uh, that was there. Uh, Some believe it was meat served to idols, idolatry. Hey, come on in, everybody. I don't have any handouts, so just, just come on in. And I, We're talking about health here tonight, and that is the session for tonight. We're talking about health. It says, therefore, he requested of the prince of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself with what? The king's meat and the king's drink. What you consume does matter. How many believe that? What you consume does matter. What you, come on in. Everybody just, come on in, find find a place. Now, God had brought Daniel into favor and tender love with the prince of the eunuchs. And the prince of the eunuchs said unto Daniel, I fear my Lord the king, who hath appointed your meat and your drink. For why should he see your faces worse, liking than the children which are of your sort? Then shall you make me endanger my head to the king. What he's saying is, if you choose your own diet and you don't do what the king has requested, there's plenty of room. Come on in. There's plenty of room. We're talking about health here tonight. And... uh, and there's like several seats up here. People are glad to move over. And, and um, But it says, it says, and, and what he's saying here is, 
I fear that, that they're going to take my life because when they see your condition after you choose your diet over the king's diet and you're worse than they are, then I'm going to be endangered because I didn't follow the king's orders. And then send Daniel, verse 11, whom the prince of the eunuchs had set over Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, prove thy servants, I beseech thee just ten days. And let them give us pulse to eat, that's vegetables, and water to drink. Let us go for 10 days not having the king's meat, the king's wine. Let us eat vegetables. Let us eat what we eat, some lentils and things of that nature, and water. And give us 10 days that way. And then prove us. Now, this is supposed to be a three-year deal, right? But just try it for 10 days and see what happens. Then let our countenance, verse 13, be looked upon before thee and the countenance of the children that eat of the portion of the king's meat. And as thou seest, deal with thy servant. So he consented to them in this matter and proved them. Everybody say 10 days. Ten days. And at the end of 10 days, their countenances appeared fairer and, I don't know how to say it. Fatter. Fatter. <laughs> uh, fairer and fatter in flesh than all the children which did eat the portion of the king's meat. And um, thus Melzar took away the portion of their meat and the wine that they should drink and gave them pulse. And what it's saying is, uh, and you'll find that Daniel had favor. And I, I want to start here. Is that just because we're in, a, in America doesn't mean we have to do everything that Americans do. Just because we're in America does not mean that everything that Americans do are Christian. Just because it was founded upon the book doesn't mean they're doing everything by the book. And just because it's legal doesn't make it, make it righteous. Amen. Let there be an amen. amen. I'm going to tell you something's going to seep into the church in the near future, and that's, that's cannabis or marijuana. And I see that already out in other states. They're dealing with this because it's now what? Then everybody's got anxiety and needs a little hit, you know. Uh, <laughs> and so I, what I'm saying is I think we have to be careful because just because it becomes culture doesn't make it right for us. And so when you begin to talk about, and we're going to talk on a touchy subject, probably the hardest subject I taught on in 2019 wasn't holiness or preaching about some things aren't right. It was talking about food. And I talked about it in our wellness series. But uh, uh, you have to choose. Everybody's different. Everybody's makeup is a little bit different. But you need to learn to listen to your body. And I would ask you today, right now, is how do you feel? Physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. Because food is so connected to how you feel. How many believe that? Matter of fact, one scripture compares to a false prophet by following his own belly. Meaning that he wants whatever he wants. I, I heard a quote recently that said, if, if you serve a God that lets you do what, whatever you want, then you worship yourself. If you serve a God that allows you to do whatever you want, do whatever you want, then you are worshiping self. And so the kingdom of God is much more than that. And so we hear the teaching of Jesus that the way of Jesus is to deny yourself. 
How many know that's very scriptural? To deny self. Everybody say deny yourself. Jesus said, if you come after me, you've got to deny yourself. And so we do that. One of the common practices in Christianity is fasting. It's not because uh, uh, we can't have that food on a certain day. It's because we are denying ourselves. That is practice. Matter of fact, Jesus said in the book of Mark, he said when the disciples were with him, he said they don't have to fast, I'm with them. But there will be a day they will have to fast and deny themselves. Why? For there, there to be a relationship between me and them. Denying yourself is very, very biblical. And so health, you'll find, is, is, is something that you have to get in control of. It's amazing that God gave them dominion over everything in the garden. Everything. Every single thing. There's only one thing they can't have. But it appears to me they didn't have dominion over themselves. In the Garden of Eden, can I remind us that they ate themselves out of the presence of God. They ate themselves out of the presence of God. And the old timers would tell you that in an old-fashioned apostolic conviction service, they would go home sometimes and they would skip the after-service meal and fellowship to go bask in the presence of God. Because as soon as you take the bread to the mouth and the Oreos and the cup of coffee, and the Coke, and the diet drink, and whatever it is, your flesh is now turned back over to what it wants. How many know I'm talking about? You can ruin a good move of God sometimes with a dinner. What I'm saying is, is that not that eating is wrong. He said kill and eat for all those vegetarians in the room. <laughs> We're going to eat some meat. Amen. <laughs> and... Uh, you can tell it's coming out because my wife has me and her on this diet this week of, of plant-based. I'm going to tell you, it's not going to last long. <laughs> it's not going to last a little while because I'm being a good husband. But there is, there is things that you find in, in the scripture that, that we're supposed to eat. But it is the concept of, of understanding is that we're not supposed to eat limitless, unending, no limit to what I eat. And, uh, and so, in, just making reference here so we get move forward. In Exodus chapter 3 and verse 8, it says that they were going to a land that flowed with milk and honey. You know what that means? There's beef there. I told you it's coming out. She should have put me on this diet. The week of talking about health. Uh, you can't have milk without the cattle and the goats and on and on. So that's there. But it's a land that flows. Everybody say it flows. flows. It's an abundance of food. But yet it says in Proverbs 25 and 27, I want you to write this down. I want you to make note of this. Turn the Bible. We're going we're gonna to read what it says. Proverbs 25. And 27. Is there an abundance of milk? Is there an abundance of food? Is there an abundance of, of honey? Absolutely. It flows with it. That's what it's saying. It's, just, it's really painting the picture of abundance. But in Proverbs it says, a wise man says, verse 20, it is not good to eat much what? 
honey. Hold on. He's sent it to you a land that flows with honey. And then he's going to turn around and say, it's not good to eat what? Much honey. That means somewhere there needs to be a limit. How many of you parents, uh, let me put it this way, I'm going to put it on you. How many of you parents remember when you were a kid and grandma said, you better not eat any more of that candy, you're going to get a bellyache. Why? Because the body is responding. And it's saying what should have been a treat, you've indulged yourself. You've gorged yourself with something that your body's trying to say, it's too much, it's too much. How many of you ever drank too much coffee? How's your body? What does it start doing? I sat down with Buddy Hodge at McDonald's. You remember that? I didn't know he sipped coffee. He'd have a cup of coffee about that big all day. I'm, I'm a chugger. I am just, boy, I'm taking, I go back, give me a refill, come back over. We was there an hour plus. I don't know how many cups of coffee I drank socializing. And uh, I guess I'm a social drinker. <laughs> Brother Redmond, you and I get along on this subject right here from kill and eat all the way to caffeine and coffee, right? But I'm going to tell you, by the end of that, I had to go from there to another meeting. I sat down, and when I did, I was like, Lee. And I said, I'm sorry, but I've been hanging out with Buddy Hodge. <laughs> My body was responding, and it's not that coffee's wrong, but too much coffee makes me not right. It's not that honey is wrong, but too much honey is what? It's going to make you not right. And so I'm going to compare honey today to all those goodies in the cabinet, all those goodies in the cupboard. I'm going to compare that today and say that just because it's sweet and it tastes good does not mean that you need to take it in. I met a guy when I was traveling. He only eats cake or sweets on his birthday and his their anniversary. Well, I don't know if I can do that. But I met him. He was about health. And one of the things he learned in health is that you can't have a constant state of sugar and feel good. And so you got to make a choice here today. And it's, it's, it's a challenge to teach this because food's very, very emotional. Pastor, leave my coffee alone. Leave, leave my Twinkies alone. Are y'all with me? It says, it is not good to eat much honey. Why? Because it's not good for us. So for men to search their own glory is not glory. He that hath no rule over his own spirit. It's no, it's no accident that 27, 28 is, is beside each other. He that has no rule over his own spirit is like a city that is broken down and without walls. It, 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 a person that has no discipline over emotion, over their, 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 themselves, that they're going to have issues in other areas of their life. What it's talking about is so much as saying, I want a second helping, but I'm denying myself. I'd like to have a third piece of pie, but I'm going to deny myself. And what seems... And you all can relate with this. It's Thanksgiving. You've already had five meals that day. But it's Thanksgiving. We're going back to the refrigerator. We're going to get another roll. We're going to get a little bit more turkey. And, 
cranberry sauce and whatever y'all do. I don't eat the cranberry sauce, but Mom always had it, so it's still, it's still here. I ain't never tasted it all the time. It was always cranberry. Any cranberry sauce people in the room? My lands, I'm in the wrong place. I'm in the wrong place. But what you'll find is you go again and again, and how do you feel? Have you ever left the meal and you said, Boy, I know, I know if I eat this, I'm going to be miserable, but I'm eating it anyhow. Then you regret it. Then you don't sleep well. Then the next day you find your energy levels out of whack. Then you, you can't hardly get out of bed. has nothing to do with the physical health of your body. Not capable, but it has everything to do with that what you took in messed you up for several hours and maybe for the next day or so. But what happens is your body, your body begins to take in and begins to crave uh, what you eat. No longer you just eat what you crave. It's actually reversed. Everybody say you crave, crave. what you eat. So we've done Daniel's fast here in the, here in the church and uh, haven't done them in the last few years. I can't, I can't say. I don't know why, but I did media fast. But, but what I've learned is that when we come through a media fast, so many of the precious saints of God here come up to me and say, Pastor, thank you. For calling that fast. I, I wouldn't have done it if he hadn't called that. We did this as a body. Uh, but I feel so much better. My mind is more clear. I sleep better. I, I, you know what? I don't want that greasy cheeseburger anymore. I, I don't, I'm not craving those, those, those uh, glaze covered donuts. You know, are, are you getting what I'm saying? And then after that, people feel, man, my energy level, I've lost a little bit of weight. I feel the best I've felt in 10 years. This is, I'm talking about experience. This is, this is facts on the table. This isn't necessarily science that I'm bringing. I'm just telling you some facts on the table. And, and somebody else can come and bring you some science. And, and matter of fact, the doctor told me, he said, he, he told me, he said, Pastor, he said, one of the biggest problems I have as being a doctor, he said, I have people to come in my office that want a pill to fix it, what the diet would easily take care of. And they'll come back Month that he said, one, one, one guy was talking about, he said, like 75% of my patients, he said, I make money on 75% of my patients who come back who should never have to come back because they will not change their diet. And they said, just give me a pill. I'm not going to stop eating what I'm eating. And you got to think of that. If God looks out of heaven and sees somebody delaying a call, well, I feel conviction now. And we can't. We can't pray. I have, I have, the reason I teach this, because I have learned that diet affects spirituality. And I have learned over the years as much of what keeps me from praying as I have on how to pray. And one of the things that keeps me from praying is an unbalanced diet. Y'all hear what I'm saying? I feel my health in the room. And what we feel like is, man, you know, God made the God made all of this land that's flowing with milk and honey. I might as well get an extra piece of pie. Not realizing you're not going to pray the next morning because you don't feel like getting out of bed. And so there, there is science. Can't tell you years how many people I've known that were diabetics, high blood pressure, near near death, and either had a surgery or changed diet. And their levels go perfect because of what they're limited to eat. 
I'm telling you, over there, I'm talking about people I love and cherish in my life that they would sit down with me and tell me, I'm dying. I'm dying. Powerful people. I'm dying. And I know I don't have long to live and couldn't control the diet. But when they went and had surgery, got that taken care of. And so the limited now to a four-ounce meal. Boy, that sounds terrible, doesn't it? Go from a 20-ounce 20, 20 steak to a four-ounce meal. But then all the levels go normal. Blood sugar, high blood pressure, all those things. And they say, I haven't felt this good in 20 years. What's it linked to? It's linked to diet. And uh, I feel like I'm swinging a sledgehammer right through this room right now. But if I could say in love, why not deny yourself and listen not just to your pastor, not just to your doctor, not just to God, but how about listen to your body? Your body would tell you. I was at the chiropractor and, and a guy there was a Christian man. He was working on me. He said, you know, pastor, he said, if people would listen to their body, their body tells them when something's wrong. Have you ever felt, I, when I get out of, out of whack, too much sugar in my system, my eyes feel blurry. I can still see clear, but I feel like I'm trying to see look harder. Anybody relate with that? And, uh, you know, I had three or four of the donuts out of the dozen that I got <laughs> on the way home to feed my hungry children. <laughs> it was a good deed. But I feel worse. And it's not that you can't have honey. It's just you can't have what? too much honey and a land and what I'm going to say to you then I'm going to move on we'll talk about stress and some other things here in a minute but what I'm telling you is that you have got to learn as a disciple to be disciplined and it's not always it's not always skinny versus somebody that maybe be overweight necessarily I mean there's different metabolisms everybody's makeup is different everybody's chemistry is different but you've got to listen to your yourself how do you change? And so, how do I change this? You have to deny yourself. Go on a fast. I, reg I try to do a fast every year where I disconnect from everything because, Brother Michael, I want dominion over my flesh. How can I have spiritual dominion if I can't have dominion over myself? If I cannot go without media, if I cannot go without a cup of coffee, if I cannot go without a Pepsi, how in the world am I going to have authority over devils if I can't have authority over flesh? I think it's simple. But I think it's very true. And so I ask you, and I want you to be confess your faults right now, uh, but what I'm asking you to analyze is am I able to deny myself? Am I able to go without caffeine? And what I've done for years is sometimes go a... a, a uh, a week or two weeks or three weeks, sometimes 30 days is a good one to really find out if you have control. I want control in my life. How many want dominion in your life? Come on, how many want dominion in your prayer? How do you get that? The first, first is dominion over yourself. One man one time, he said, I want to change the world. And he something to change the world. He's getting older in years. He realized he didn't have time to change the world. So he said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to change my community. And he, he sought to change the community. It didn't happen, so... He went down and he, uh, he, he made peace that he didn't have enough time left to change his community. So he said, I'm going to impact my family, change my family. He realized, I can't even change my family. He said, you know what, I have just enough time to change myself. 
And when he changed himself, he said, if I had changed myself, I could have changed my family. That could have changed my community. That could have changed the world. And what I'm saying to you is sometimes we're putting off tomorrow what God's called us to do right now. And what we call a fast or a denial of self, we find that was actually a better lifestyle. It's quiet in here. And y'all making me nervous. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. I mean, has everyone on a fast or denied yourself and said, you know, maybe I shouldn't have that in my life. Can I get a witness? And so it's up to you what you turn away from. Bobby Wade told me, he said, when I, Bobby Wade was, he, Bobby, Bobby Wade was a large man, a young man, and he weighed 600 pounds. And I say this because he's my friend, and he would say this, and he's okay with me saying this. But he said he used to drive a Chrysler 900. He said it was a 300 until he got in it. <laughs> He's preached here. He's very, very, very powerful man of God. But I remember watching Bobby Wade preach, powerful preacher. And I watched Bobby Wade preach and sit on the altar because he didn't have enough health, air to finish the sermon. Same voice of God, but physically out because of dietary traditions he carried from his youth to his adulthood. Uh, more susceptible than maybe somebody else that would eat the same thing. But over years, here a little, there a little, got out of control, and, and he was not healthy at all. And he said, the Lord spoke to him. He said, Bobby, your head can get indoors that your body will, uh, will not allow it to get in. And what it was saying is, is that the mind and the wisdom and the greatness of the, the voice of God in his life would open doors that his discipline wouldn't let him to get in. He went to the doctor to have surgery. The doctor said, well, I'll tell you what, Mr. Wade, he said, I need you to lose 100 pounds and then we'll do the surgery. And he got angry. I don't know why he got angry, but he says it the same way every time. He said, I got angry. He said, if I lose 100, I'm going to lose it all. And he did. And over 300 some pounds he lost on his own. And, he's, but I, and the whole reason I'm telling this is because what Bobby said, he said, when I began to deny myself, it gave me spiritual authority. That's why we fast. It, it helps our health. How many has ever fasted and you thought, man, it's most clear my mind's been? It is healthy to fast. It really is. To give your body a break. To give yourself a break. And uh, uh, to, to deny some of the processed foods and things that you get. And, and just to step away from that and let your body rest from processing and, and trying to grab nutrients out of you, into your system and give yourself a break. Look at your neighbor and say, give yourself a break. Give yourself a break. And what will it also do? And uh, it will also grant you what? Spiritual authority. What would you do to feel 10 years younger? I'm telling you, a lot of people would pay a lot of money to feel 10 years younger when it's really just changing what's on the table and saying, all right, for seven days, I'm not doing this. When I go on these fasts, I feel like I'm, I'm 41, but I feel like I'm 25. I have a desire to exercise. So I'm going to throw a few things out here. And uh, are you okay out there? Man, I have talked for 32 minutes on this. I didn't know it was in me. 
I have learned, I have learned that if I drink a can of soda, I will not exercise. Somebody told me one time, and I hardly ever drink it. Every now and then, if I'm out on a date or somewhere, you know, maybe just for a moment, then I'll, I'll only drink about half a glass now. But the reason is because knowledge is power. That's why we're talking like this, because knowledge will empower you to better you. Somebody's got to talk about it. Amen. And so I go, uh, and somebody told me, they said, do you realize one can of Dr. Pepper is equal to one loaf of bread? That's what I said. What? <laughs> because bread turns to sugar. And it's loaded with sugar. And so here's a pattern in my own personal life. Whether it applies to you or not, I'm not sure. But I've learned if I'm drinking pop, I have zero energy to exercise. But if I drink water, and if I drink, uh, do things, and if I do it in, in moderation, let your moderation be known in all men, the Bible says. But if I do it in moderation every now and then, I find myself exercising, and that is in the Bible. Do you know that's in the Bible? The Bible says to exercise godliness. Let's read it. 1 Timothy 4 and 7. I don't think God made us to sit as much as we sit. Do you believe that? Technology has changed the workforce and what we do. Sitting at desks, behind screens, making decisions from the couch, in the car. We're no longer walking and riding bikes to get where we need to go and take care of animals and things that you would have had to for uh, the last... Almost 6,000 years until the last 200 years. Uh, 100 plus years have we seen technology change it to where we are convenienced to not what? Move. Am I right or wrong? I mean, gymnasium is becoming big. Why? Because people sit all day. So they have to go get their steps in. But you never had to do, do that in the early 1900s. Am I right? I mean, you're walking and you're going and, I mean, you're moving. We're not moving in 2020 unless you are like Brother Wayne Putnam that has a mountain bike and goes rides his bike. Is that right, Brother Putnam? He rides his bike. And you got people that do those things that have hobbies, but we're not made to sit as much as we sit. And you look at the scripture and it, and it talks about in 1 Timothy 4 and 7, for bodily exercise, what? It profiteth, it's little. But it does profit. Doesn't it? Does exercise profit? Yes or no? But godliness is profitable unto all, unto all things, having promise of the life that now is and of that which is to come. And, and it's saying that we just can't be a self-help all the time and always just bettering the health of us. There's an eternity. And exercising godliness is going to give rewards now and eternal. But it doesn't mean, for anybody that would want to use this excuse, you know, my wife has a t-shirt from Proverbs. It says, it says, the wicked run and no one's chasing them. That's why I do not jog. <laughs> so, yesterday she wrote a t-shirt. I saw the scripture. I'm like, hold on a minute. What? She said, that's my excuse. Um, but it, but some type of exercise. You know, my grandmother, my grandmother, I, I, my dad did this. I said, what are you doing? He said, I'm in the gym. I said, you trying to look good for mom? 
He said, I'm trying to stay alive. <laughs> but I do think there's some things that you can do, and I'm going to go back to this point in health, is there's nothing better in ministry and in Christianity than the word confidence. The word confidence. You know, you gotta, you got to figure out what the best you is and become that. Don't, don't try to be something that Hollywood produces. That's just ignorance. It's not, you, 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 that's not what God called you to. God called you to be the best you. And so we get financial advisors. We get, we get different type of advisors in life. But have you ever talked to your doctor and said, ask the question, what's my optimal, uh, optimal weight or what's my optimal diet? What do you recommend for me? What, where, where should I be? Instead of, let me just keep going down the road I'm going where I feel terrible. You know, look at your neighbor and say, don't feel terrible. Don't feel terrible. Life's too short to feel terrible. I am passionate about this. And I don't want anybody to misread what I'm saying here. But there is a word that you can get a hold of. It's the word confidence. When are you your most confident? It's when you sleep the best, your energy level is high. How many know that? I'm going to go back to Daniel here for a minute. We're being served the king's meat. And the king's wine every single day. And what should be treated as a treat and maybe an occasional thing. I, I, we, we did without sugar for, for a period of time. I did a, I did a um, I'm not going to recommend anything. I'm just going to throw something out here. There's this keto diet that really took off. How many heard of the keto yeah. diet? Uh, yeah, there was one, you know, there was one back in the day. It was called the South Beach diet. And there's, there was another one called... I, I, I want to say the stupid diet, but I think there's another word for it. I don't remember what that was. You know, how many remember the back in the day the guy the carb diet, the no bread guy? Yes. There's always something new, and you know, it was a new fad. And uh, and so what I decided to do is just cut out some of the carbs and the sugars and things of that nature. And you know what? It took me five days to break it, the habit. And um, and what I did was. Where's, where's the marker? My doctor, I went to my, I called my doctor and talked to him about health. He said the American diet is 60% carbs and, uh, how do you say it? I think sugars and pastas and things of that nature. Pasta, bread, whatever. He said it's 40% protein and saturated fats. Things that come from animals. Milk, butter, a land that flows milk, there it is again. <laughs> meats and things like that. So you get proteins and, and meats and things like that. He said that's the American, right there is the American diet. He said flip it. Do 40% carbs and 60% this. He said because the burn fat, you got to eat fat. Now I ain't never heard of that in my life. Doesn't make sense. He said but what happens is when you are a 60-40% carb diet person, what happens is your body releases insulin. Here's the science of it. Too, I'm going to say it this way, too much honey. You get too much honey, your body releases insulin. Insulin tells your body to store fat and to lock the door. So you can jog for miles, and it will not unlock the door, and you will not burn the fat. Everybody gains fat in different places. You know where that is on you. 
but it will not unlock the door. You can you can jog, you can exercise, you can run, you can go to the steam room, you can sweat, you can go to the sauna. It's still there. And he said, if you want to unlock the door, he said, you eat. Now listen, I'm not going to go tell you go on some keto diet. I don't do anything extreme. The Bible says, let your moderation be known unto what? Do it my. I'm not cutting in everything out. I'm just going to limit. Take your hand and everybody say limit. limit. This guy is saying, I ain't ever eat bread again. They ain't going to eat bread again. But when they do, they're going to get sick again. See what I'm saying? Limit it. And when I limited this, and what I did was, I just looked at my plate, and I had 60%, um, I did 60% protein, meaning meat, things like that, salads and whatever, and I cut my bread in half, I took the bread, uh, half the bun off of my burger. You see what I'm saying? In five days, I felt a shift just like that in my body. And I called it shredding. I began to shred weight after five days. And in 14 days, I had lost nine pounds. <laughs> Eating everything. Everything I wanted. Just with what? Limitation. I listened to what I said. I've done this. I've done it twice. <laughs> I wish I was living like that all the time. And uh, But the reason I did this, why did I do this? Because I was not feeling well. My energy level was low. Are you all getting me? Yep. And I felt like my prayer was a challenge to get into the prayer. to get. And when I did this, after five days, began to shred weight, I call it, in areas that you couldn't... My energy level went up. I wanted to exercise. Energy was good. I came home feeling good. I didn't come home looking for the bed, ready to go to sleep. I came home ready to hang out with the kids and spend some time and make some fun. Are you getting what I'm saying? And so you want to be your optimal best. How to get there is to obey Scripture and say, what does God want from me? What am I going to be for? I don't want to give God 50% when I can give him 100%. Anybody feel that way? And I know it gets a little awkward when we talk about this stuff, but limit the sugars. Maybe do something else instead of meat. You're not meat. You do beans and proteins and find it a different way. But I'm going to tell you, it actually worked for me, and it, it, it really impacted my life. Daniel made a statement. He said, I'm not going to let culture, Babylonian culture, affect my diet, what I have. It causes me to be what the best I'm going to be. So I'm going to follow he said, just judge me. I'm going to say this to you. Judge yourself. Judge yourself. Everybody's shaped different. Everybody's going to be different. Everybody's going to feel different. But you've got to find where that place is for you. Everybody say stress. Let's move on. Stress. And um, stress is a, is a deal that I talked a little bit about last week. And let me stop here. Are there any questions? Are there any questions on this? Is everybody Okay. I feel awkward talking about it. you feel awkward listening to me? Okay. And uh, I do. I want, to, I want to be the best. I have a high, higher metabolism. But it affects me like everybody else. I mean, there's days you feel sick, and I know. It's because I had Oreos at midnight. Ten of them. Come on, don't you look at me with those judgmental eyes. 
Hey, they've got like this one most stuffed Oreos they come out with. Have y'all seen that? Most stuffed Oreos. My lands. I'm countering my teaching right in the middle of the sermon. Um, but you know. Look at your neighbor and say, you know. You know how it's going to make you feel. And sometimes you don't realize how bad you feel. Man, I feel this for some people. Until you step away and fast. Say, I'm going without this for a period of time. I want to be scriptural. I'm going to deny myself. And I, I, you might be having miserable two or three days, but something turns the corner. And I would say this to you all, as I said earlier. Be a Daniel and say, I'm going to prove it in ten days. I'm going to prove myself to be happier, healthier. Because if you don't feel good, you're not going to have confidence to be what you want to be. Everybody shout, shout confidence. confidence. So when you're dealing with stress, uh, when you're dealing with stress, you have a, a stress hormone, hormone called cortisol that releases from your adrenal glands that are on the top of your kidneys. And, um, and what does that do? It causes you to respond. It causes you to respond. Do you know what a person does sometimes when they get stressed? They want, they, it's uncomfortable. Uh, one study says that, that when you come off of a stress or you're coming down from a stress, you're coming out and the same chemicals released when you're stressed. How many of you have ever been overbalanced or overworked or all kinds of decisions to be made? When you get there, you release a chemical in your body to help you get things done. Same way if somebody come up and tried to rob you, the same thing would release to cause you to become stronger. I talked a little bit about it last week. That would cause you what they call fight or flight. It actually releases oxygen into your lungs. And there's a surge of energy that comes in that moment. And it's because it's like a, it's like release, releasing some, some high-octane gas jet fuel into a vehicle. You feel that. Boy, and the problem is, is when you start living on that. Because you get out of balance or life or stress. And when your body tries to rest and your adrenal glands are depleted, as I talked about last week, what's something you can drink that depletes adrenaline? Do y'all remember? Coffee. When you start coming down off of uh, and you're, you've been dealing with stress, your body can actually get addicted to stress. Addicted to drama. Addicted to things. So as soon as you start coming down, you start feeling these negative emotions. One of them is guilt. Everybody say guilt. guilt. What do you do when you start feeling guilty? You don't want to feel guilty. You don't want to deal with that. And what happened is, everybody take your hand. These are your adrenal glands. And I want you to fill them back up. Open. You start opening your hands. Your adrenal glands are filling are, are filling back up. When your adrenal glands, when you're resting, are filling back up, you feel guilty. So you'll run to a substance such as caffeine or coffee. To try to release some more of that because you like how it makes you feel. Anger is the same way. People get it. In this class, they teach with people that were in here just before you got here. Alcohol chemical treatment series in this class. Guess what else is sentenced in this class? Anger management. At the same time, alcohol chemical treatment is being done because anger does what alcohol and drugs do. It releases chemicals out of the brain. People would do things when they're drunk they would never do in a normal day. People do things when they're angry, they would never do in order. That's why it says in that proverb, it says a man that has no control over his own spirit. What happens? Like a city broken down without walls. He's open to anything. 
We've got to have limitations. And that's what I'm teaching here. <coughs> to be a Christian means to have laws. To be a Christian means to have limitations in your life. And if we're not careful because of lack of knowledge, lack of convictions, based what we do because this is how we were raised. This is how we've always done it. This is American culture. This is the city I'm raised in. And miss the will of God because we don't put limitations on ourselves. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Yeah. Discipline and disciples sound a whole lot alike. Making a covenant with your eyes. Do y'all believe that? Yeah. Making a covenant with your emotions. Do you believe that? How about making a covenant that, that you're going to rest and get away from stress? And how are you going to do that? Have a moment of silence. A silence and nothing. A quiet place. A quiet place. As I minister to you in the Holy Ghost for the next few minutes, I never knew this. I've had like three people in the same week come and talk to me on the same thing. One was my doctor. The other one somebody else. Somebody else. When a person experiences a concussion, Concussion. You know how they heal a concussion? Ever heard this? They go into a room. No lights. No phones. No videos. A quiet place where nothing stimulates the brain. And we are in a constant state in American culture to have a constant state of stimulus, stimulating our brain with music, socialization. Are you all hear what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm telling you, I think our brains are overworked. And I talked about physical health and dietary things. And uh, let me talk to you about the brain. Your brain controls everything. And if the brain can't rest, I want you to grab your head, grab your head and say, my brain needs rest. Moments of nothing. Moments of nothing. I want you to pray for your mind right now. Come on, pray for yourself. Give me discipline. Give me discipline, oh God. Help me, Lord, to maintain a right mind, a peaceful mind, a place of nothing. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Somebody say amen. amen. I'm almost done. I'm almost done. I wrote some more things down here, but let me tell you how to how to work yourself through stress through life. You know what a person does when they get stressed or depressed? Guess what they want to do? Eat. That's right. If if you have a paragraph, let me just and these are all words. This is a this is a paragraph. Is that all right? What's this space right here called? All right, our teacher says. And and indentation. Indentation. Everybody say indent. indent. What is the definition of indent? You ever listen up? The definition of indent is a space of nothing that brings clarity to the conversation. It's a space of nothing. Have you, have you ever tried to read a paragraph that had no spaces in between the words? I teach first grade every day. 
first grade every day. You get to do it all the time. <laughs> it's a space of nothing. That, that changes in conversation to allow the conversation to flow. And our problem is, is our space of nothing allows our adrenal glands to fill up. And because we feel guilty, we fill up our space of nothing. Back to time management. What would happen if we went to work early just in case there was a, a, a road hazard or something that would delay? We got to work and we sat and did nothing. What would happen if after work, instead of rushing out, we sat at the desk where we did and had a moment of nothing? There's nothing wrong with having a nothing moment. I'm telling you, as much as I've taught already, I'm in the Holy Ghost right now. Jesus left them on the shoreline, went up in the mountain alone to pray. Because even Christ had limitations. Well, I don't think so. Yes, he did. He was weary with his journey, selling the well. That's limited. He was hungry. He cried, I thirst. He was limited. And he had to have a moment of nothing. Vacations are good. You got to pull away from ministry. You got to pull away from family. You got to pull away from stuff. You got to pull away from your spouse. Every healthy relationship has a has a joint time together and some space alone. Every healthy marriage. Let there be an amen. amen. I'm not saying 50% of the time space alone. A space of nothing. I'm talking about health. And we, we reactionary people. I need to close, but I'm telling you what I feel. You got to become the best you. How can we become the best us if we can deny what's bad for us? You are your authority. Let there be an amen. amen. Let's lift our hands and receive this word. Hallelujah. 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 Somebody say amen. amen. When I did a study about unclean things in the scripture, you know what an unclean animal was? An animal that would eat anything. Let that not be us. How many times have I traveled and people say, man, I'll eat anything. Probably shouldn't say that. How many know there ought to be limitations? Everybody say limitations. limitations. A couple points and I'll let you go. I think it's... I think it's time. But B, seek God about being the best you. And walk in confidence in life. That, that's going to be hard. Fasting is not easy. You heard me teach on that. But it's get control of yourself. Be the best person you can become. Amen. Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church Podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up on our weekly sermons. If you're in the Zanesville area, we invite you to join us on Sundays. You can find all the details on our website at theanchor.church. Again, thanks so much for listening, and we hope to see you soon.